Hey there. So today's episode is a little bit different. I was in a coaching call tonight and had some really fantastic questions about course creation and I thought you might like to hear the answers too. So let's jump in. Welcome to the Course Creators HQ podcast, helping you navigate the latest techniques for creating and marketing online courses. And now here's your host, Julie Hood. Hey, welcome, welcome. We are this week in the midst of the topic and title challenge. It's May the 24th of 2022. And if you're wanting to jump in and possibly win a membership to the 24 hour course creator program that's starting up soon, please come join us at the link in the show notes at coursecreatorshq.com slash 96. That will take you to the link or you can go to topicentitlechallenge.com and come join us. You just need the homework done by Sunday before we do the drawing. So, all right, what had happened, and I thought this might be really fun for you, is we had a coaching call tonight where folks were jumping in with some questions that they had about creating an online course. And I thought, you know what, these are fantastic questions. So I think I'll pull them into the podcast this week and give you guys the answers too. So I hope these are intriguing and helpful for you and help you move forward and make your online course creation just a little bit easier. So the first question is, what is the sweet spot these days for video length? And I know we have all sat down to do an online course and the very first video that we get a hold of is that 90 minute long introduction and you just kind of sink into your seat. And I don't know about you, but I get really frustrated because I'm like, you know what? I don't have 90 minutes to watch this first video. Let's get started. Let's get to it. Give me the short version. So don't have 90 minute videos. I like to encourage people to shoot for between six and 15 minute videos. You don't want super short videos either because then you end up with 75 lessons and even if they're a minute or two long, like it's too much for your students. But then you don't want those long videos either because what ends up happening is every time we finish a lesson and we get to hit that little complete lesson, go to the next one, you hit that button, you get a little endorphin hit in your brain. So we want to keep them long enough that it makes sense. You get a lesson through, you get a result, but short enough that people will finish the lesson. So six to 15 minutes is a general guideline. If you need more or less, just have a reason for that. Question number two, if that's the ideal length, what should I do with those long Zoom videos that I've recorded in the past? Can I use those? So yes, you can use them. Here's what I want you to do because I have the same sort of thing happen. I will sit down with my Course Profits Accelerator folks and do long training sessions with them. And then I try to turn that into a course. Well, I don't want to give out that big, long 90 minute video. So what I try to do is have my assistant cut them into logical lessons. So she goes through and she edits the video for me, pulls them into logical lessons. So if you've designed your training ahead of time to the point where you can cut it at logical places, 
that's really smart. So when you're going to do some kind of longer sort of training that you think you might want to turn into a course later, really think about having some breakpoints. So places where you have slides maybe that start the new lesson because that gives you a really good spot to cut and continue with the next lesson. And that'll make your course infinitely better than if it was one big long video. Okay, number three, how do I know exactly what lessons to put into each module? And this was such a good question because it's not always obvious, like how exactly do we break this up to where it makes sense? So here's what I want you to do. Start with the starting point where you know your students are starting and think about the end point, which is that result or transformation that you're getting them on the end. And then try to figure out what steps need to happen in between there and what order they should happen to get them from the beginning to the end. Now, I found that some people are really, really good at this, at breaking things down into steps, and some people are just terrible at it. So if you happen to be one of those folks that this is just not your thing, make sure you get some help. There are some folks, or I can help, um, where we can work with you to sort of break it down. But really, um, breaking it into individual steps, and then if you end up with a lot of steps, you know, let's say you've got 30 some or more, then you can put them into modules where you group similar steps together to have one goal for an individual module. And that's also great for your students because when they are looking at your course, then they can see, oh, there's these six different modules and it doesn't look like 30 or 40 different lessons. It's all grouped together for them in kind of a logical order that makes sense. Okay, next question, do I need videos, workbooks, checklists? How do I know what to use when I'm putting together my course? So such a good question. And here's my advice for you. And, and I hate this answer, but <laughs> um, it's one of those, it depends answers. But let me give you a few things to think about to kind of help you decide what you need. So depending on what you have your students doing, you may need different types of training. So let me give you an example. When I'm showing someone how to use a specific software tool, then I will do a video where I'm doing a screen share and I'm walking them through, you know, click this button, click that button, showing them where it is on the screen. So that's when a video is perfect. Or let's say you're doing something where you've got kind of a journal and you've got some research maybe that you're having your students doing or you're doing some kind of tracking. All of those things are perfect for workbooks because that gives them something to print out and track what they're doing and how they're progressing as they're working with you. Now, maybe your course is something where they have to do the same thing repeatedly. In that case, you would want a checklist that they could print off and then they could just, every time they do that same procedure, they go through the checklist and check everything off as they go. So it really, really varies on what your course is about and what your lessons are trying to get accomplished. You don't have to have all of these for every single lesson. You just need to have the right fit for what's going to help your student learn the fastest and get to the solution the fastest. So hopefully that helps a little bit with trying to decide, you know, what content should be in my lesson. 
Next up is when are workbooks helpful? And I think they are fantastic when you make them more than just a a fill in the blank with a bunch of lines on them. <laughs> so I think workbooks need to guide and provide um, specific note taking options based on the content. So if you're if you're gonna just do a big um, workbook full of blank pages that say put your notes in here, like just pass on that. It's not really helpful. But um, like for example, in my topic and title challenge, I have a workbook that the students are all given to, to use as they go. And each day has a lot of different boxes in it for them to fill in the notes that they're taking, the research that I have them doing. Like it's very, very tied to the lesson so that it can save them time instead of just having to go like write all this out somewhere. I've got um, specific boxes for them. So I like to think of workbooks as note taking solutions and to speed up taking notes as opposed to um, just a place where you write things down. Let's make it even more efficient and even better for our students. Next question is how do I know when to do a course where I'm dripping out the content over a certain period as opposed to just giving the entire course right off the bat? So. I like to think about this based on how talented and experienced your students already are. So if you're getting a lot of fairly advanced students in your course, you might want to give them the whole thing because they could get frustrated at having to go at a slower pace of the beginner students in the class. But if you are working with beginners who are going to get overwhelmed at seeing the whole course all at once, then definitely drip out the content, spread it out so that they don't get overwhelmed. So it really varies depending on what your audience is doing. Uh, another great question, can I use a previous live video from Instagram or Facebook and offer it as a mini course? 100% absolutely gold stars for repurposing your content and using it in new ways. So love that. One thing I would suggest though is, uh, especially if you want to make this a paid mini course, is I would take the live video down from Instagram or Facebook because you don't want somebody to pay for something and then they happen to stumble across the free recording out on your social media accounts and get frustrated because, hey, I had to pay for that. So um, you could definitely use it though. Maybe you want to add in some kind of workbook or checklist or even a one-pager kind of resource guide to go with it. Um, you might even pull out, if you want to get super fancy and it works, you could pull out the audio so that somebody could listen to it just as an audio file that they wouldn't have to actually watch the video if that fits. It may not fit depending on what the, the video is about but that gives people another way to consume your content and they could do it while they're doing something else. So maybe they're um, washing dishes, they can be listening to the lesson without having to watch it. So really good idea, love the concept of repurposing. I think it can be incredibly valuable, not only for you to reuse your content, but also for your students to be reusing your content. And I will tell you guys, I use my same content over and over all the time. I will 
take it and write a blog post or an article that goes out in my email newsletter from the same sort of thing that you hear on this podcast. I'll go out to Clubhouse. I'll use part of it as a Clubhouse room and talk to the same content. I will um, sometimes, every now and then, not very often, and maybe I'll do this more, I don't know. I'll do a video of the content so that I can use, because it's can be challenging to come up with new content all of the time. So let's just use that content and over and over again in all the different places, because more than likely most of your audience hasn't seen the first place that you've shared it or they weren't on your email newsletter yet. So when you send it out again, um, it's, it's a great way to repurpose. So love that idea. And then our question number eight is, should I create a mini course or a full-blown course? And I do have a specific opinion on this one. I'm a little bit different than some of the other experts out there who help people with online courses. I want you to get your first course up and running and get some revenue coming in, get that joy of, wow, somebody has paid me for my knowledge. So let's do a mini course first. Let's get it up and going. Even if you don't even get paid for it, if you're just using it to build your email list, I think that going through the entire process and figuring it out from start to finish is incredibly powerful. Because once you do that first one, then you can rock and roll and crank out your courses, crank out your ideas, turn them into courses over and over and over again. And then even as you get more courses together, you can start bundling them, creating offers where you've got related courses together, but let's get those first ones going and get them up and running and get them going. So because I believe that so much, that is why I have the 24 hour course creator program that I put together because I really, really want you to get through it and get finished. So just a heads up for anybody who's thinking about maybe considering a course now is a really good time to do it. Summer tends to be a, a slower time of the year where you have a little more time to work on outside projects. So would love to have you join me. We're starting on June the 6th, 2022, if you're listening to this episode later. And you can find out more at 24hourcoursecreator.com or message me and let's talk about it. I've got some fast action bonuses that I'm throwing in to make it really irresistible. Plus you get to work with me for like over five months. So it's going to be so much fun. I hope you can jump in and let's get that course up and running, get it out to the world and improve not only people's lives, but also let's get you some revenue and get keep your business moving forward in the rest of 2022. So thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed these questions. I thought they were fantastic questions from the challenge this week. And I hope it gave you a few ideas if you were wondering about the same ones. And have a fabulous week. We will catch you on the next episode. Take care.